Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to Right on Hollywood with Christian Toto, part of the Just the News Podcast Network. Sick of media bias infecting film reviews? Furious that too many stars insult your views? Right on Hollywood has your back. Christian is an award-winning journalist, movie critic, and founder of HollywoodinToto.com, the right take on entertainment. Now here's your host, Christian Toto. Welcome to Right on Hollywood, part of the Just the News Podcast Network. This week's show is brought to you by the upcoming Barbie film. You will love star Margot Robbie for her mind, not her beauty. Understand? Coming up on this week's show, The Red Pilling continues over at HBO. I recommend a movie that got completely snubbed by award season voters a few years ago, and unfairly so. And I chat with a filmmaker and friend, Joseph Granda. Joseph is an actor, a director, an artist, and most of all, a rebel. I like that best about him. Joseph and I talk about a new project he's working on called Breaking Laws. And he also asks if life under President Biden might produce some great art. You've got to channel that suffering somewhere, right? Well, I have to start this week's episode off on a bit of a sour note. This is my last official episode with Just the News. It's been a great run. I really am thankful for everything they've done for me in the show. But... This particular show will be leaving the nest and flying on its own starting next month. And now, back to our regularly scheduled content. Well, I mentioned there's another red pilling going on at at HBO, but it really is about the same guy who does it week in and week out. Yep, that's Bill Maher. Bill Maher famously got in big trouble, I guess about 20 or so years ago, when he made this statement about the terrorists who took down the Twin Towers. We have been the cowards, lobbing cruise missiles from 2,000 miles away. Absolutely. That's cowardly. That, that is a Staying in the airplane yes. when it hits the building. That Say what you want about it, not you cowardly. Moore didn't lose his ABC show right away. But when you look back the, at the arc of that show, when it was going strong, when it was failing, and when it went away, you could see a definite pattern there. That one certainly impacted how the suits saw him and maybe even how the public saw him at the time. But Bill Maher never stopped talking. Of course, now he does so on HBO via Real Time with Bill Maher, which has been going on for quite some time. And as most of us know who watch or listen or even just hear the clips, Bill Maher is no Stephen Colbert, and thank goodness for that. But Bill Maher's latest comments, in a way, could be as explosive as what he said about 9-11. 
or at least as politically incorrect as those statements were, to kind of honor his old, age, his old ABC series of the same name. So here's what Bill Maher said very recently about trans kids. And if you're looking for a, a subject that's at the heart of the culture wars, there's no other topic quite like it. And finally, new rule, if something about the human race is changing at a previously unprecedented rate, we have to at least discuss it. Broken down over time, the LGBT population of America seems to be roughly doubling every generation. According to a recent Gallup poll, less than 1% of Americans born before 1946, that's Joe Biden's generation, identify that way. 2.6% of boomers do. 4.2% of Gen X, 10.5% of Millennials, and 20.8% of Gen Z. Which means if we follow this trajectory, we will all be gay in 2054. (laughs) And then who's going to buy this chair? just saying that when things change this much this fast people are allowed to ask what's up with that all the babies are in the wrong bodies was there a mix-up at the plant like with captain crunch's oops old berries it wasn't that long ago when adults asked a kid what do you want to be when you grow up they meant what profession Now, to do the clip, it's true justice. You have to hear it in its entirety. We don't have time for that in here. I mean, it's over nine minutes long, but it doesn't have an ounce of fat on that monologue, which is pretty amazing. Except Marr wasn't alone technically in this arena. Bill Burr, another famous comedian, certainly famously left-of-center comic, broached some similar material recently on his own podcast, Again, this is the topic that he's going to talk about that is absolutely taboo to the far left and the media. But say it all together now, we repeat ourselves. Democratic witness tells House Committee men can get pregnant, have abortions. Um, all right. I don't even need to click on that. What do you mean men can get pregnant? What the f*** are they talking about? This is like, it, this is just, I don't know, I, as a lefty, I don't understand. Well, you know what? It is the extreme left. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm a, I'm a fan. So what does this mean, having people like Bill Burr and Bill Maher say things like this? Well, it's what comedians are supposed to do, to be edgy and provocative and thought-provoking. That's in the job description. It may not be that way today, but that's the way it was not too long ago. It also comes at a curious time because we're currently reevaluating and reappreciating the life and career of the great comedian George Carlin. There's an excellent new docu-series on HBO right now. It's called George Carlin's American Dream. It looks at his life, his career, his legacy, the time he let his hair down literally and changed the face of comedy by kind of embracing his inner hippie. Now, the New York Times had an interesting piece a few weeks ago that looked at George Carlin and his legacy, and how people on the left and even some on the right are trying to claim it for their own. And you know, clearly, George Carlin was a progressive. But I also found it fascinating to think about, yes, he died in 2008. 
where would he be today? What would he be saying? What kind of jokes would he crack? Would he be woke? Would George Carlin be Bill Maher or Stephen Colbert? Now, again, we'll never know. He's not here. His work is done. He's given us a lot of great comedy. And thank you for all the hard work you did and all the laughs, of course. You know, Carlin was a liberal like Maher. But in my heart of hearts, watching his story play out again, I think I'd be playing his clips like I am right now that sound very similar to Bill Burr or Bill Maher. And he'd be the furthest thing from a Jimmy Kimmel. How could I say that? Is it a guess? Is it just a conservative guy hoping he played for my team just a little bit, maybe pinch hit now and then? Well, in the special, it really drills down into something that he loathed. He hated groups. And of course, what did he hate more than groups? Hypocrisy. And we'll never know how he'd process the latest headlines. Maybe it's a good thing for his sake. But we're lucky to have people like Bill Burr and Bill Maher doing it like Carlin did doing that essential heavy lifting, pushing the culture forward. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Right on Hollywood. What's a dial? CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This week's Toto's Take is Ben is back. You know, a few years ago, I interviewed the writer-director of the film. His name is Peter Hedges, just before the film's 2008 release. I'm sorry, 2018. And he felt, I guess, quietly confident that this movie could maybe stir some award season voters to maybe think about it, maybe give it a nomination or two. You never know. And I have to say, I don't think it was cocky. I think he just really had confidence in his material. And I have to say, I did too. I thought it was excellent. And I think it's maybe Julia Roberts' best screen performance to date. Certainly the best in a while. I know she won the Oscar for Erin Brockovich, I think, Brockovich, but I think her work here is better. Robert plays a mother trying to keep her son clean and sober. Not so easy. The son in question is played by Lucas Hedges, and if that name sounds familiar, yep, it's Peter Hedges' kid in the movie playing the main character, the son, trying to stay in the straight and narrow. Now, in ways, the story arcs are pretty predictable. You know there'll be times of doom, times of gloom, someone who's clean maybe not staying clean forever. But it's the humanity that's applied to the story. It's kind of laid into the characters, the performances, the things that go on here. And of course, the heartbreak. You can't have the story without heartbreak. That really felt raw and fresh to me. And exciting, too. I know this is a pretty dour drama at times, but I think when you're watching great art, there's something inspirational about it, too. Now, I don't think it's a stretch to see everyone listening here may have been touched 
by addiction in some way, a grandparent, a sister, a brother, a cousin, maybe even closer to home. In the case of Ben is back, though, it's a story that is essential, that kind of connects us all, but also gives really good entertainment. Netflix just added Ben is back to its streaming lineup, and I highly recommend it. Four out of five dentists recommend Right on Hollywood for a brighter smile. I met Joseph Granda a few years ago here in Colorado. I forget the details, but we kind of reached out to each other. We're both conservative. We both have a deep affection for Hollywood. The content, the content, (laughs) not the political machinations behind the scenes. But still, we love movies, both of us. And Joseph actually used to make movies directly. He starred in some films. He was an in-demand actor. And then he kind of soured on the experience and decided to leave Hollywood. Went to Colorado of all places. And I think he felt his movie career was over. And that was okay. Different part of his life. He's married. He's got a kid. It's time for different things. But then he found faith. And he felt God was calling him to do movies again, but on his terms. Not the big capital H, his terms, but in a way that would be inspired by his faith as well. So what did he do? Well, he made a film called Healing Garden. Wrote it, directed it. Very, very small budget and a very, very good film. Kind of has that edge, that grit that a lot of faith-based movies don't have. You can see it right now on Amazon Prime, by the way. Highly recommend it. He's also preparing a new show. It's a TV series. It's coming to Lure TV, and we'll get into that in a minute. It's called Breaking Laws, and it's exactly what it sounds, but it's got a lot of humor, a little bit of heart, kind of a tongue-in-cheek aspect to it, but it's asking something serious, not just spiritual, but looking at which laws do we obey and why? But he does it with a lot of humor. I like that about it. I'm seeing a teaser. Haven't seen the series yet, but it looks good so far. You know, personally, I know Joseph. I meet him about once a month. We have coffee. We talk about movies and politics, whatever's going on in our lives. And I love those conversations. And I thought, well, I'd love to share more on this podcast. So I thought, since this is the end of a specific era, I wanted to close it out with a Joseph Grander conversation but I'm sure you'll be hearing him again on my show very soon. Hope you enjoyed the chat. I know I did. Joseph, welcome back to the show. I I know you always have about a half dozen projects starting, finishing, in the middle. You've always had different ideas firing off, but I want to talk about breaking laws. But I think before we do that, we have to talk about Lure TV. So can you tell us a little bit about Lure TV, why it's so very different, a different kind of streaming platform, and then we'll get into your new show. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Lore TV was uh, started by some guys, uh, Marcus Pittman and Jason Farley, up there in the in the uh, in Washington. I can't think of the city now. It starts with an S. Um, Spokane. Yeah. So, I, so what's interesting about these guys is that <clears throat> they're 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 people of faith. The, their tagline for Lore TV is um, uncensored by Hollywood and church ladies. <laughs> So the foundation of, of Lord TV is to find that spot where you can watch exciting shows. Like, let's say, like, like if these guys were to do Game of Thrones, it would have all that intensity and great writing, except <clears throat> there's no need for rape scenes, you know, and there's no need for all the TNA that's in it. It's just, it's unnecessary. It's mm-hmm. just salacious. And then you got to worry about, you know, if your kid's in the room or anyways, it, there's no their point is that there's no need to go that far for great storytelling is one of them 
And, you know, they're, they're right now they're privately funded. They're going through a, a series a round of funding right now. They're also, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. I'll just say it. Cause they didn't say it. they're, they're loosely, uh, they're attached with a group that's actually building a film studio in Spokane. And oh, it's, wow. it's, I've seen the right, the plans for it. it's pretty amazing. And so they've been working on this for a couple of years now, and it might just be the providence of the good Lord is that right now it's really hitting and it's starting to take off in a time where people are canceling Netflix, canceling Disney, you know, the shows that on Lord TV, you won't have to worry about, uh, you know, sitting on your kid. I mean, there are some adult themes in there because they talk about things that people of faith that want to talk about and just people in general that don't feel like you can say certain things in public anymore. And so those are the kind of stories that they're telling. And, and what's great about them is that, that they really are unafraid of both those sides because people of faith, there's some really weird people or, or I should say sex or sects or ideas in Christianity, most especially in this country. It's one of our worst exports to the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, they're, they're going in there and they're saying that, um, you know, you can be more edgy with your storytelling and still be um, have some morals and standards. So given all of that, how does breaking laws fit into that lower TV uh, paradigm? So breaking laws is a is a crime comedy travel show that I'm hosting. Um, they have it listed as crime uh, comedy cr- slash crime. <laughs> so so I'm going to travel around the country breaking the most ridiculous laws just to see if I can get arrested. And then I'm going to reach out to local lawmakers and law enforcement and, ha- and try and have conversations with them about, listen, I came to your state or your city to break this ridiculous law that is still on the books. And for, for example, in California, it's illegal to eat frog legs if that frog has ever participated in a frog jumping contest. <laughs> it's a celebrity frog. Now, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, I could go into the reasons why but they're just they're just they're stupid so my point my question to to lawmakers is here's this really stupid law that is still on the books and can can we ask ourselves this stupid law that's still on the books that i came and just broke that clearly you're not going to arrest me for do you think there's a possibility that you are making stupid laws right now that somebody else will come along with a show like this and point out your stupid laws <laughs> in 50 years or less in 50 years, maybe it'd be my daughter, you know, um, <laughs> uh, she's 10. Um, so, so, but, but then on top of that, the next layer of it, if you want to call it the third act of the show, which is just going to be half an hour show. And then I'm going to search out, uh, local pastors and ask them, I'm going to tell them, listen, I, I just came here to Denver and, it's illegal to in Denver still on the books from a 1940s during an outbreak of, of bed bugs and um, mold. It's illegal to loan your vacuum to a neighbor who lives, who lives down the street mm-hmm. because whatever it's still there. And so, so then I'm going to, you know, talk to a local pastor and say, listen, I just loaned my, the vacuum to a neighbor down the, down the, down the street. And it's, that's technically still illegal. It's, it's in the city code. Um, but the question is, is, is it Romans 13? Okay, so so people who don't know what Romans 13 biblically or theologically is, is in, in, in a very brief sense, it tells people of faith that you are to honor, respect, and serve government. But then there is also 
um, a niche, a cachet to that. And that is up until the point that it stops you from a practicing your faith, practicing your morals and things like that. So I think that's good. That would be good to know, even if you aren't a person of faith, like where do, where do I draw the line? Listen, we all just went through two years of government laws, you know, and, 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 and much like herpes, when government touches you, it's forever. As I, as I'm pointing out with this show is these laws don't go away. Here's what they'll tell you when you say, why don't you get rid of these laws? It's, well, it costs too much money to go back and, and remove those laws. Cause I'm sure there's a, a laborious process to get rid of a law anywhere. But even the question then would, why would it be so expensive to get rid of a law? That just seems like on the surface, a very simple process. You know, the system is made that way. Yeah. The system is made to take your money to make laws. When people get elected to Congress and stuff, the first thing that they think about, well, first they think about their reelection mm-hmm. the day they get to their office. And then they think about what bill or law can I put my name on? Yeah, yeah. Like literally put their name on it. So that they, when they leave or whatever, or when, uh, when, they're, when they're buried, they can say they left behind a law, which I just think is a terrible, I would never want my name on the law. Well, you know, and also all of this comes at an interesting time because for me, I'm not a rebel. I'm not a lawbreaker. I'm pretty docile. But when I think about wearing a mask, I see red. And when I think about the possibility of masks coming back, the red is crimson red. And I think mm-hmm. that maybe breaking the law. And then I also see a, a, a U.S. border that is porous and that there seems to be almost no attempt to apply the law to people coming in. And, you know, I, I, whether you either agree or disagree with what's going on, there are laws in the books that say you can't do X, Y, and Z. And it's something that's like my whole point of they, making yeah. this show. And there's very little interest is, in actually applying that or thinking about it or enforcing that in certain ways. In right. other ways, you know. So there's, right. There's, well, the, soft, the first thing to go ahead. I'm sorry. There's a soft, I'm, you know, I don't speed, but I, I'll go 60 in a 55 mile an hour zone. And that seems very innocuous. But this, there are other things that are more important for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, my question also, the other thing on the show is I'm going to, like when we do the vacuum show, I'm going to go and meet and spend the day vacuuming with a, a whatever local family-owned vacuum store are. And there's vacuum stores in every major city in this country. And my conversation with them is what kind of laws do you have to adhere to and continue to adhere to? Or what did you have to do to open a vacuum store? Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you, as somebody who has owned restaurants in the past, it's ridiculous. There are ridiculous things. You know, the system is not made to boost you up. And the the first thing, in my opinion, and when you talk about porous borders, these things are being done on purpose. The the the, the government fails purposely because they all have pension plans, mm-hmm. and they can't go to nobody goes to jail unless your name is Scooter Libby. And this is the kind of satirical information and content, which is ha ha funny surface level, and then you think about it, and I think that's where that's sort of the where the better satire lies, where it's multi, it's it's yeah, I mean, it's got complexity and it's funny and goofy on the surface. Well, I'm taking their ridiculous behavior and shining the light on it as an entry point into having a real conversation about what are we doing, what are what are we doing with these laws. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about the mask and seeing red, 
I understand that, you know, and there was a lot of times where uh, as a dutiful citizen, uh, I, I was I wore the mask. You know, I, if I go to a medical facility today and they ask me to wear a mask, OK, point to you. No problem. But if I go into Kohl's to buy a toaster mm-hmm. and you want me to wear a mask, it's not I'm not going to do it because it's it's we all know it doesn't work. But um, I stopped wearing a mask long before here in my state that they stopped mandating it because that's my other question. A mandate is not a law. And these mandates were created by, by unelected health officials. Think about that. Health officials, government health officials were mandating you to do something. A mandate is not a law. So those are questions I would love to have um, doing, you know, doing some, some development here on this. I can't get any cops to talk to me. Not <laughs> I mean, at least not officially. Yeah, yeah. You know, even my local, they're like, um, we we don't have the bandwidth for that right now. Like, what? You don't have the bandwidth for a cop to have coffee with me. Mm-hmm. I was just going to – I'll buy them donuts too if they want. Yeah, a 10-minute conversation. Yeah, just I want to say, what, you know, my question to them is, as police officers, how do you work in the gray area when you come upon somebody? Listen, I've been pulled over and let go. So, so clearly there is a, a – I mean for speeding – so clearly there's a gray area that they can work in. What's the gray area that we can live in? Mm-hmm. Well, a quick recommendation, maybe go to the public information officer who deals with the media. They may be that's more. Who, that's who I, that, I know that. That's the first person. They, okay. they, and then he sent it up the chain and he came back and gotcha. we don't have the bandwidth for it. <laughs> well, I want to talk about other things, Joseph. Before we let you go on this topic, just go to lord.tv. There's a great trailer for this particular show, Breaking Laws. It's funny, and I think when you see the trailer, you'll get the tone, which seems perfect for the material. But you're also working on another project. You've got a documentary that you're going to be producing in the coming weeks. Tell us more about yeah. that and also the source of it, because I think it's very interesting. Uh, Tony Merkel is a podcaster. He's sort of He's the Joe Rogan of paranormal podcasting. He's got a fantastic show. This guy used to be a um, a cross country um, truck driver and started talking on a podcast about all the weird stuff he and and truck drivers would see on these long journeys. And so um, I was listening to one day. We had some things in common, so I reached out to him. I ended up doing uh, an episode uh, on his podcast. Um, about seances in Hollywood, because uh, I have in my in my heathen ways living in Hollywood, I had been to seance, a seance, um, which is and you can you can um, you can go to the Confessionals podcast and and search my name if if you want to, to listen to this and and I had this weird UFO experience that turned out to just be a government thing, but anyways, so that's how I connected with him, and then him and his his crew there put together. A movie called uh, a documentary called the expedition dogman and uh they are out searching for this uh, basically a werewolf that uh, uh, reportedly lives in new jersey it, it is the garden state so uh so we started talking and i said well how did you go about this production and this and that and he really want he really has the opportunity because he has a huge following to grow this company and so basically i've come in as a producer to um, help him produce a a really nice and professional film his next film which right now we're going to shoot in june and it doesn't have an official title yet because the title that we wanted to use um lawyers said we couldn't use it but star there's wars. a place 
I'm What's kidding. that? Star Wars. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it was called Star Wars. <laughs> Apparently, George Lucas lets anybody use that stuff. Because um, I'm wearing Star Wars underwear right now. Um, so until I move into Star Wars diapers in 30 years. Um, so um, so it's out in this place in Utah called Skinwalker Ranch. And these guys have like, they, they like own that name. So you can't even, you know, sometimes they don't even want you saying it. So, but there's a property next to this place that has all this paranormal weird stuff like UFOs and I can go on. People probably know of it. It's a very famous place, but it's starting to spread and it's spread over to another area of a neighbor who owns this stuff. And so we're going out there to tell the story from where it all began mm -hmm. a thousand years ago, this weirdness by talking to the local Indian tribes, the, the Udi tribe, because I think I said that right. Um, if I'm not, I'll end up next to somebody in pronoun jail or something. <laughs> um, so, so we're going out there and, and cause other, sh other shows have done shows like this and they always just focus on this sort of faux sensationalism and all this science and money, but we're going out there to tell a very, cohesive narrative story from the beginnings of it uh, of what's called a shapeshifter in the indian indian tribes out there and mm -hmm. and you know so it's a paranormal thing you can take it or like or or not um i enjoy some of these things they're interesting i'm not much of a a believer but it's a team of four i mean i'm not going to be in it because i'm producing it but it's a team of four and and tony merkel himself will be one of them and um i think that uh it's going to be a lot of fun well, I also think that it's amazing that these uh, distinct personalities can kind of go around the gatekeepers and just kind of make their own fame, have a podcast, have a YouTube channel. And all of a sudden, they've got this large flock of people who are very curious about what they have to say. And uh, it's, it's sort of a great, independent-minded part of our digital age. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. You've, you were in Hollywood. You were a working actor. You left, and now you're kind of recreating your, your industry, in a sense, on your own terms would that be possible without the tech advancements we've seen where you could have social media, you can have your YouTube channel, the technology to make a film and have a good-looking film is within the grasp of almost anyone. Can you maybe ex explore, explore that a little bit and how, and how advancements have kind of let you have a, a second chapter in your Hollywood life? Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, this, this, this movie, this expedition movie I'm doing with Tony, Tony Merkel at Merkel Media is a really good example of that. So he he made the other movie and he first he sent it let his let it his members only see it you know as part of being seven dollar a month members and then he just put it up on youtube well as of today there's 183,000 views of this movie and he didn't bother monetizing that and so if you take that and so my point of this to answer your question is, is, is small films don't need these distributors. I had a movie that I wrote and directed that came out a year ago and it went to a distributor who took 50% of it. Now it wasn't my call. I, I would not have done that, but I, I didn't fund it. And I wasn't the producer. I was the writer director. The healing. So Garden, by the way, it's on the, the healing right garden. Now. Yes. Um, a film that you can sit down and watch with your kids or grandkids and not worry about anything. Um, except a fart joke. You can't handle a <laughs> fart joke then. You've got a very long, that'd, that'd however many you. years ahead of you. Um, yeah, so technology, you know, it's funny because I talk to people uh, uh, out here. It, it's, I just had this conversation the other day as I was finishing up playing hockey and uh, there was a new guy there and he said, he asked me what I do. I said, I work in the film industry. And he goes, how's that work? <laughs> I said, well, with technology and I have a reputation that, you, you know, um, I don't have to, 
I don't have to be in Hollywood. I, don't, I mean, I realize if you're an actor, you may have to be out there, but Los Angeles is Hollywood is the only place where somebody can break your heart. And then you have to drive past a billboard with their face on it for the next three months. <laughs> That's right. It's just not a healthy place. And it's, I really think that it's become a place that stifles creativity. You just watch the movies that come out of there. Um, their focus group, their, you know, happy meal. And so, and that's fine. You know, it's, it's capitalism and it's, it's artistic freedom. Uh, um, but nothing interesting comes out of there like the way it did in the past, like in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. You and I were talking off air briefly and you mentioned the seventies and the films that were sort of regarded as some of the best in modern memory. And that was a very turbulent time. You had Watergate, you had Vietnam, you had the racial uh, unrest of the late 1960s bleeding into the 70s. Do you see what's going on right now in the culture? You know, attacks on free speech, uh, COVID. You've got uh, the Biden's economy, which is just abysmal and getting worse. Could that spark, you know, maybe that will lead the way to some filmmakers really telling something gritty and raw. And it may take a few years, but do you see that happening? Oh yeah, boy, what I would do for a man like Richard Nixon again right now. (laughs) Um, You know, unfortunately, I I don't because I think the ideology inside Hollywood is so thick and so pervasive um, that I don't think they can hear themselves scream at their own loss of both. Listen, our uh, culture is supposed to be things that are beautiful and interesting and intellectually stimulating and, and dare I say, even spiritually uplifting. And that's just not what ha- what's happening today. Um, even if you take, you know, some of the movies from the 1970s era, first off, you have to qualify by saying this because we found out who some of these people are because the first one that came to mind was Chinatown. <laughs> You know, I mean, Mr. Polanski, I presume Mr. Polanski, the art still stands for itself, you know, but, you know, you got five easy pieces. You've got the Godfather. You've got Apocalypse Now. You've got the French Connection. I mean, you could go on and on. These people, these shows are all grounded in the feeling of their time, which was very uh, difficult. But I just don't see Hollywood doing that. Uh, um, I mean, what's coming out this year? I mean, Maverick looks amazing. You know, um, they gave him an honorary award. I read today at the at the Palm Door. Mm-hmm. And here's here's my prediction. So so this year we got the we got the the slap, which 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 boosted the the ratings <laughs> at least in hindsight. People going to watching something from it. I'm going to predict that they give. Tom Cruise and Oscar next year for something somehow for this movie. That's going to be the biggest movie of the year. I'm, I'm also going to predict unless James Cameron and his cartoons do bigger <laughs> Thanksgiving. Never know. I, I think it's going to be one of the biggest movies financially this year. And I think that to boost ratings, they're going to nominate him for an Oscar and he's going to win an Oscar next year. That's my prediction here on May 9th, on May 19th, 22. Straight white male, I don't know. I, I'm a little skeptical, but I understand what you're trying to say. There's a lot of recovery and damage control to be done with the Oscars. Uh, just right. Before I let you go, I, you, you have such a unique take on the industry and Hollywood. You've lived it, and you are a keen observer. Are there stories that are maybe kind of on the edges, on the periphery right now about Hollywood, about movies, about streaming, 
that we're not talking about but are important or that maybe will be emerging later this year or early next year? Anything sort of on your radar that just not getting enough attention but you think it's important? No, but, you know, I, I watched a really good – I thought it was great. I couldn't stop watching it. It was uh, Outer Range on Amazon. I thought it was a really good example of people of faith, family, family struggles – interesting drama. And then what they do is they put this huge slice of science fiction through it. And I just thought it was amazing. I don't know anything about Josh Brolin and I hope I never do because I really love his work. (laughs) It's amazing. But I think, listen, if you watch that show, if you want to see what the, the idea storytelling premise for, for, for us at lore TV, which is L O O R dot TV, that, that would be it. That show, uh, Outer Range, it's just fantastic. Yeah, and I think one of um, the perks of the fact yeah, that go- we've got a million shows right now is that sometimes really good product does slip through. I mean, if, you, if you're producing a gazillion shows, you're going to get some quality almost by default. So I think that's maybe one of the perks of where we are right now with uh, yeah, it, endless it's, streaming channels. It, it's all about the story, storytelling. It's the writer, you know? I mean, it's always like if we could just get rid of these writers, but <laughs> – you know, I mean, but l- l- the other thing is when you think about when you think about a great American stories, you think about Rocky, right, which was a great American story. And, and, and we we need that great American story right now. And, and I have it and I would love to do it. And, I, and if anybody out there knows him, get get a hold of me and get a hold of me at Facebook or um, yeah, Instagram or or. Uh, I don't know, uh, the the Twitter thing, uh, among all of this, uh, is the Joey Chestnut story. I would love to make that movie. Do you know who Joey Chestnut is? I do not, know. You, you don't know who Joey Chestnut is? Okay. Joey Chestnut <laughs> is the modern Rocky because Joey Chestnut is the Tom Brady of professional eating. <laughs> this guy has won the Nathan's Hot Dog Contest more than anyone else. He holds some of the be- biggest world records for eating, and he's a six-four, really thin guy from Brooklyn. Interesting. It, and it's and and if you know his like behind, it's an amazing story. And what's great about it is, is it would be a story that shows. I can't believe I'm pitching this right now to you, but anyways, it, it shows the consumption of America in the embodiment of a man who is not fat from it. Yeah. Get clearly something diseased about that process. Interesting. You know, he's worth millions of dollars from eating eating too much. I don't, you know. Yeah, and, you and it, then it doesn't show project? It's a really, that, Am I making that connection? You thought what's that? You thought Stallone might be interested in sort of this kind of a that kind of a story because he's a smart, interesting guy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know if 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 this person Joey Chestnut if he owns the rights to his own life, which is a weird question, right there. <laughs> That's right. That's so Hollywood. It's almost a a meta question. But <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that was just a thought when you talk about movies that need yeah. to be made or that we need to see. But I think I just don't think Hollywood has the bravery to take these. Listen, if this, I wish this po- president was a Republican. And we were going through this so that the audience, the, the, the media would, would kick his ass a little bit mm-hmm. because I, I, I have no affection for either party. I don't think they have the bravery uh, to step outside their orthodoxy and, 
and tempt their fate at cocktail parties by making movies that truly tell of the grittiness of the time and doing it in an interesting and honest way. Well, they can't even tell jokes on late night TV about President Biden. So I think they, I think you're scratching at the right surface here. Right. They just or alopecia. It. Alopecia, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of us to get slapped. But uh, well, Joseph, thank you for rejoining Right on Hollywood. You were a guest earlier in our in our run, and you're back again. Obviously, go to Lore TV. That's L-O-O-R dot TV for details, not only just about the platform itself, which is so interesting, but of course, breaking laws, Joseph's new show. Yeah. My, my trailer's there. And then uh, if you want uh, any sort of information about me, you can go to josephgranda.com. Excellent. Thank you so much, Joseph. Keep making stuff outside the mainstream because I think that stuff should be in the mainstream, but if you can't get it there, at least we can get it somewhere. Thanks so much, Joseph. Yep. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Thank you for listening to Ride on Hollywood. One last time, part of the Just the News podcasting family. Please stay tuned. You can follow me at Twitter at Hollywood in Toto or just go to hollywoodintoto.com. I'll have all the details of the next step in my podcasting journey coming very, very soon. Again, I might take a week off just to kind of recollect myself, but going back strong, new guests, new installments. It only gets better from here, and that's a promise. I hope everyone stays well, stays strong, and thank you for listening and all the kind feedback over the last few months. It really means the world to me. Thanks for listening to the Right on Hollywood podcast, part of the Just the News Network. We'd love to hear from you about the show. You can email Christian at HollywoodInToto.com. And please don't forget to rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews make our day. But just speak from the heart. Free speech matters more than ever.